This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ, the big guy. Hey, it's Russ, the big guy, and welcome back again to Going Boldly. My uh, full-time daughter, part-time co-host is here in the studio. Howdy. Brenna Swanger is here, and gosh, we have a family who is going boldly today. They are literally on the road as we are going to meet them today. Three kids in the back. It's awful quiet back there. I'm guessing that they're sleeping, but uh, Ashley Jackson and Britt Jackson are on the road. They are a family who has multiple businesses. They are entrepreneurs. They are husband and wife, and they are going boldly. Welcome, Ashley and Britt. Oh, you're very welcome. So this is a little bit of a challenge today. We're we're doing it by cell phone. They're on the road. Well, Ashley, why don't you give uh give our listeners kind of a rundown of some of the different businesses that you own and the different projects that you do? I know that I was um, honored to be on your Thursday night happy hour, your real estate happy hour. And, uh, and you can explain a little bit about that if you want and uh, virtual cold caller and some of the other things that you're excited about. So go ahead, take it away. Oh, wow. Thanks so much, Russ. Well, we, as you said, we are serial entrepreneurs and it definitely happened on mistake. <laughs> but our businesses, our initial business is Jackson Innovates. We are real estate investors at our core. That's our bread and butter, buy and hold, creative finance, subject to, you know, that that's what pays the bills, right? And then the fun stuff is the REI professors. And that's where we had you uh, come join us on a Thursday. And we literally teach real estate investing for free every single Thursday to investors and agents alike. Um, before I was an investor, I was a school principal and a school teacher. My husband was a school teacher and a football coach. Education never left our lives. In addition to that, my husband owns ProEdge Home Improvement, and he does the construction and remodeling and building. And then I own virtualcocaller.com, and we are a BPO or business um, outsourcing, uh, business processes outsourcing company. So essentially, we staff businesses with virtual assistants, uh, cold callers, managers, things like that. That's a lot. And you seem to have plenty of energy. So I, it seems like you should be tired. You know, I think after being in education for so long and having to be on every day in front of students and teachers and motivating people in some of the most difficult situations, um, yeah, this is real estate stuff and being your own boss is not that hard compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can, I can only, my only experience is that um, uh, my mom was a first grade teacher. My wife is a college re- professor and uh, I've put two kids through public education, so I, 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 I've heard uh, I've heard it from both sides, and we have we have many friends who are who are teachers and uh, who have been in administration. So it's uh, I think that you're right. I think that almost anything is easier than that. Um, let me let me ask you this: What is it that you find? And maybe Britt has a different answer, but. You know, we have uh, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs and business owners, maybe a lot of new business owners who are listeners across the country and and around the world. And, you know, they run into obstacles and have issues. And so I'd like to talk about this quite a bit. What is it that you think might be the source for your energy, for your ambition, for, um, you know, just for being able to get up every day and, and go to battle, so to speak? I would say you have to have that want to. That want to drives us each day to get up and say, hey, this is what we love to do. 
We get excited about it. We don't consider it a job. This is what we love to do. And that want to comes naturally because we look forward to helping people. And in any way, any aspect throughout the course of our day, if there's a segment that we can help someone, sing, whatever it may be, that gives us that want to, to continue each and every day to look forward to helping someone or a family um, in real estate or in any aspect of their business. And I think for me, uh, my answer is simple, right? I grew up poor, and I just never want that again. So that is very motivating for me to give myself up every morning and make sure that I don't end up in a situation like that again. Um, I think when you are raised in an environment that I was, and for me to even make it to college, right, not even the graduation part, but just making it, I had already broken so many statistics and so many stereotypes. And so for me, I knew that there was nothing that was impossible. If I am standing here on a college campus right now and I graduated from a high school in the middle of housing projects, what, what's the limit? And so I just constantly push myself. And so far, I still haven't found that limit. And Russ, I'm starting to see after 35 years, there might not be a limit. Well, that's a great attitude, like not having a limit. You know, that was one of the reasons why I didn't like working for somebody else. I always felt like I was limited, either limited in my um, – in, in my ability to contribute or to have my ideas accepted and certainly limited in the amount of money that I could earn, we can both achieve because there's no limit. So we're, uh, our achievement would be the process, right? And I think what you just said is so profound. The achievement is in the process. So many of us are chasing that end goal, that end dollar amount, that one point that we hope to get to one day, and we forget the process. That's where all the fun is. That's where the growth is. Well, you know, you're right about that. I, I think that we've heard that said different ways, but if until you actually sort of really in the thick of it, producing or you're actually making forward progress and being able to really, um, really feel what that's like, you might not really understand it. And for people who are ambitious or for people who think that uh, or feel that they have a lot to contribute, and I feel like I'm one of those people, and I bet you do too, because once you reach a goal – that's really not the end all, right? So it's like, well, I've done this. There's always there's always another one. But it's not that you feel bad because you're not fulfilled. It's that you are energized because there's more that you can accomplish. That's how I feel. Is that? Do you feel the same way? I have to say I, I've not voiced it the way that you have, and I, I really think I want to uh, feel the way that you said it. Yeah, but you're right. It's not that I'm ambitious because I feel like, oh, I have to, or I'm a failure if I don't. It's just like you said, I have the energy. I want to. I love it. And guess what? You know, with the investments that we've made and what we've done so far when I don't want to, I don't have to. But right now, I just don't see a stop coming. I love it. I love getting up every day and being creative, finding a new problem to solve, uh, meeting new people and seeing what problems they're solving. Uh, for instance, we're partnering with these uh, guys in Israel, um, virtual cold caller and the RBI professors. And these guys actually found a problem in the American real estate with off-market properties. And they came over and began to create like a, a CRM for off-market properties. And they brought us into it. And I love this project. I mean, I don't I own a small, small part of the company. It's so insignificant, but I love it. And every day they're finding new problems to solve. They have um, like really creative ways of addressing things. When you already know what, what motivates you and, and what you love to do, and for me it's the problem-solving part, and I just I feel like I hit the jackpot every morning when I wake up. That feels good. You, you know, even on the hard days, it's still great. Yeah, uh, I had this conversation with a new entrepreneur the other day, and she is she started a business in her home, 
and it took off on her and she is expanding and and she's dis, and she's never had any business training so she's kind of learning all this she's uh, running into issues with vendors and with deliveries and with people who services that she paid for who aren't delivering who aren't fulfilling um, what they promised and I tried to <laughs> I tried to explain to her that you know these are these are just the problems that you face every day as a business owner if it's not that it's something else and we're problem solvers that's what we do it's like every day you get punched in the face and I say this all the time it may, if not every day several times a week I mean stuff happens and that's just the nature of the beast and so you have to become a problem solver and be resourceful I wanted to go back and ask you, Ashley, because you had mentioned that part of your motivation is um, that you you grew. I think you said you grew up poor and you didn't ever want to be that way again. What was it about being poor that that really was distasteful? I mean, can you explain that a little bit? It's kind of a deep question, and and if you don't want to go there, I understand it, but. I think it might be helpful for some people to like to really understand the motivation because whenever we can really get down to the source and really understand it in some detail, it can be so empowering for people. And I know that there's people that may be in a similar situation who maybe feel hopeless or maybe feel like, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, For sure, Russ, I think the turning point for me was the first day I stepped onto that college campus. Yeah. And it was a true culture shock. A true culture shock. Growing up in my neighborhood, and please excuse me if this is not politically correct. I hope you can go back and edit it. But I didn't grow up with people who did not look like me. Um, The only time I saw people who did not look like me was maybe like a teacher at school or something like that. And so going to college that first day, I was like, oh, my God, is this what life can be like? Everyone was so laid back. You know, you are in a neighborhood that's poverty stricken. Everyone's always tight. There's always so much tension. You know, because there's a lot going on, right? You don't have money, you don't have health care, you don't have uh, mental health care. You know, there's a lot of things going on. And seeing outside of that environment where everyone was just enjoying life and smiling, they just randomly go to the beach and play volleyball. I'm like, we could just do that? You know, just small things that my counterparts took for granted because they were raised that way, um, but things that meant so much to me. And I can even remember when I went to college, I ran track. And there was a young lady who had a 2003 Mitsubishi Spider that her parents had gifted her um, upon graduation. And when I graduated college and I started making a little bit of money, that was the first car I bought, even that same year, even though that model was no longer the newer, mo- newer model. Because, again, I had, that, I had never been exposed to that culture. And I felt like if that's what she was doing, it was kind of like a blueprint. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, and I hope the listeners understand this too, a lot of people don't understand that there are dual Americas, right? Like the America that you probably experienced for us is different than mine. It's almost like when I became a part of mainstream America, I had to learn a new culture. It was like I was in a new country. There's new rules, you know. Um, so once I got a chance to get experience a new life, I guess not stressful. I mean, I remember some of my friends in college and not downputting their struggle at all because I understand they were raised differently, you know. Yeah. But some of their biggest struggles were my parents were divorced and they were like depressed and, you know, like drinking. And I'm like, that's your biggest problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't be a part of this world. So, um, and then honestly, too, just you can't go back and help others if you don't help yourself first. And I always keep that at the forefront. If I want to do better for my children, if I want to do better for my community where I came from, I have to go hard. I have to be, I have to be the best of the best because I have to be able to go back and teach them and bring the resources back, which is why we do the REI professors for free every Thursday. And then we also do uh, family and friends training 
twice a year where we invite all of our family and friends and for our seminars where we're usually charging people $20,000. We do it for free for anyone who came from my neighborhood or my high school. Because wow. that's our way of kind of giving back to kind of bring them back. Oh, yeah. You want to share it. Yeah. So what got you through high school? So when you got to college, your first day in college, you're basically you're on Mars and you're like, nothing, nothing here is familiar. And, but, but you also realize the opportunities that are out there, but something must've gotten you to graduate high school. And I don't know, I'm going to take a wild guess. Was it mom? What was it? You know, it was, but not in the sense that you might think, right? Okay. Um, So again, coming from uh, the type of neighborhood that I came from, parents aren't prepared, right? A lot of our parents are um, dealing with their own issues. They're, you know, young moms, you know, she was a teen mom. So, you know, the age that I am right now with a two-year-old was the age my mother was when I was like 20. (laughs) Um, So I think by by, by showing me some things that I should not do, right, and maybe she wasn't able to give me the support that I needed, it forced me to become independent. It forced me to become to become resourceful. When I graduated high school, my mother wasn't there. My father wasn't there. They just didn't have the resources to support where I was going. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, yeah. it was a different environment. I was pushing myself to a different realm. And, and you know, when you read books, they tell you everyone can't go with you. And sometimes they don't tell you that when you're coming from certain communities, that, that includes your parents. Yeah. And so once um, I graduated from college and I was able to get myself together, and my mom came back into my life, my dad came back into my life, and they had to meet a, a whole new Ashley. Um, and I hope I'm not um, taking up too much time, but eventually, after I graduated college, my mother was so motivated to do it that my mother went back at 40. She got her nursing degree. She became a traveling nurse, and she's been doing so well for 15 years. And it was all because, um, you know, I took that initial leap of faith. And so, yes, to answer your question, she was there for me, but I think the best way that she was there for me was by not being there for me. Yeah, I understand. Was there someone else that took her place? Was there, like, there had to have been somebody. I mean, uh... Oh, several, Russ. I mean, and, and this is very typical, again, when you come from communities like mine, we always say it takes a village. Yeah. So it's very normal for an aunt to have to watch you after school, or you have dinner at your next-door neighbor's house every night because your mom is still working. Um, yeah. but when my mom, um, you know, wasn't able to support, there were tons of people who, who stepped in to help, uh, aunts, uncles, friends of the family. Um, and then my, my, uh, counselor at high school, she saw something in me. I don't know what she saw, Russ, um, but she saw something. She knew that I didn't have parents. She knew that I was homeless and she just really took me under her wing and, and, and pushed me. Um, so a lot of support was, I mean, it probably took hundreds of people to replace my mom and dad, but all of them believed in me and pushed me through. Now, Britt, how about you? Are you motivated by the extra energy that Ashley has, or do you have your own source? Do you have a separate source? What's happening What's happening you know, in driving you? You know what? I, I feed a lot off of what Ashley said because it, hearing that story, seeing some of the things after meeting my wife or, and, and finding out where she comes from, it is very motivating, and I've had the opportunity to experience that. Um, for me, growing up in a single-parent family at home, um, you're motivated because you want to do your best. You're always pushed by family members that, you know, want to see you do well. And for me, my mom always said, whatever you do, make a name for yourself. Not really understanding what that meant. Um, as a mom, she did her very best to give me all that I, I needed mentally. Um, but when she said that, you know, I started kind of figuring it out as I got older and realized that there was something there 
in me that would be great. I had no idea what it was. And for years, I thought I would just be playing football um, because I was a part of a couple championship teams, even high school and college, and realizing that, hey, you know, I think I could take it to the next level when I really, and then the reality was that wasn't for me. Uh, there was a gift that I had, which was in using my hands that I, I never tapped into. Uh, my parents were, my grandparents were real estate investors as long as I can remember, even before I was born. So I'm thinking over 45 years. Uh, I never seen them go to work. I always seen them work on other projects. So, and I would always help them and they would say, hey, let's learn this, teach this, uh, be able to teach me things. And so I learned how to do so much with my hands and building houses, never, ever thinking that I would use that in life later. I just thought that it was a good trade to learn. I could work on my own house if I needed to. And so one day, being Ashley, we're thinking about going into business and figuring out what it is that we were going to do. And she said, well, why don't you choose something that you like to do? And I, when something are you good at? I said, well, it's not football. I'm kind of weird, older, a little older now. And uh, it was, she said, well, you like to, to build things. See, yeah, I do. And she said, well, you know, I have a couple of projects around the house for you since you like to do that. So it kind of started, it kind of started off with doing things that she wanted me to do. And then we, <laughs> we, we purchased a couple of homes. And uh, so our first, our first, our first renovation, uh, we got into and, and I turned it into something that was really nice for us. And it took off from there. Uh, it, the, the drive that it gave me was to see a family in a home that we put together for them and to see how happy they were and to listen to the, the stories that the kids were telling and how they loved their rooms and what the house had to offer and that they've never had a house like this ever. That, to me, was a turning point. And from that, and from that point on, that's all I wanted to do. Oh, wow. I, I, that's pretty amazing. Like I can identify with what you're saying. I uh, often think about things that I do and then the benefits of that. Some of the families that you put into a home, maybe that was their first house. Maybe that was their first home that they were able to have. Boy, what a what an amazing opportunity to be part of that whole process. And you do a lot of renovations. I mean, you're the you're kind of the muscle of the of the group, right? Like you you do the you do the construction and um, you know, all of the renovations and that type of thing. So I like to consider myself the muscle and Ashley is the brains. Okay. Even though she says it's the other way around, but <laughs> he's smarter than me. I guess if I fit in this equation, he's the smart one and he's the strong. <laughs> I like to think different. What'd you say? You think differently? I, I think different. I think she's the brains, so, oh. you know, and I'm the muscle. I'm going into a project, and you, we kind of started off when we were kind of doing renovations for our, our own properties. And a neighbor came over and said, hey, you know, my mom's house is falling apart. You, I see you doing great work. I was just wondering if you could take a look at it. And I'm thinking, you know, I just really don't want to get too involved. I have a project to finish. And Ashley's looking at me like, you know, I need you to get this done. But she's like, well, I know you like helping people. So just go, you know, I don't mind. Just take a look at this one. Yeah. And I go over I, and he says, hey, you know, I'm looking at this roof literally falling in. She's living in a house where there's a huge hole in the roof. So rain's getting in, oh. everything's getting in there. Oh my gosh. He's still staying in there. And I'm like, we can't, we can't allow someone to live under these conditions if we can't have the means to do something about it. Yeah. And so immediately I said, I tell you what, let's, let's, let's tag team on this together. 
I know you don't know a lot about building, but I can show you. And he was willing to do whatever. So, man, I hold the ladder. I'll, I'll get to help you get the materials. Just tell me what you need. I'll hand you things, whatever you need. And so each day uh, we worked on his mom's house until we were able to get that hole closed and get the house secure where she would be able to live in a home without having to worry about those issues. While we were working on the house, about seven or eight cars stopped by saying, hey, I, I need something done. Or could you mind looking at this? And I'm just like, oh, gosh. And as she's not here, I'm like, do I say yes? Do I say no? She's going <laughs> to kill me because I hadn't finished our house yet. Yeah. So, you know, that moment where you're in between, like, what do I say? And they're looking at you like, so what are you going to do? I took a risk. I was like, hey, just give me your number. I'll call you. And lo and behold, um, after that, we probably did about six renovations. And wow. it turned into something. It turned into a business. Yeah. Started building a huge amount of uh, deck renovations after one after the next. And before you knew it, I was booked to the point where we ended up staying on the road for six months. What? Six months we were on the road. We were the anticipation we were going to be what, like maybe a, two weeks. And it things are so crazy that we ended up being on the road for six months because I'm doing different renovations. Ashley's taking off like super heavy with her business. And, of course, we have our combined business together, and she's like, hey, you know what? I'm with you. Let's do it. I support you, you know, and from one from that point, we it never stopped. Even to this day, we're still on the road. And you are right now. <laughs> yes. Now, now I think you guys need to hire a camera crew. No. That's exactly why we were on the road when Brent started his business. Uh, we uh, we do have a, a contract with a pretty pretty large. Uh, the, to answer your question, yes, we we uh, we we've, we've done that. Yes. Oh oh no kidding! All right, so wait a minute. All right, hang on a second now. Hold it. Hold up here now. That that was a little cryptic. So that means that I, I'm going to put this. This is the first. I think this is the first I've heard of this. So I'm going to put these pieces together. And I'm going and I'm going to just say that you've already filmed a series for somebody. And I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, for the Discovery Channel or something like that. And you're doing home renovations, but you can't say that out loud. You know, we didn't say it. You did. Interesting. Huh. So. <laughs> you know, it's. Um, so people can be looking for the, that something that might not exist. Exactly. Wow. That show that might not exist, definitely look for it and look for our uh, fun faces on there. Yeah. Uh, lots of energy, lots of fun, and you get to see our three kids and how they uh, kind of fit into this, fit into everything. But, yeah, that, it was a lot, a lot of fun doing that. That's a lot. Um, we were honored that they even, they even cared to share our story and to follow our work. That's a that's a long way that's a long way from that uh, homeless girl sitting in the in the counselor's office. If I went back and told her, she wouldn't she wouldn't even believe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that you need to uh, send her a DVD or something. Yeah, yeah, and a thank you card. Yeah, she had a lot of guts. No kidding, huh? Oh my gosh, uh, so much so much. All right, listen, I know that um, I know that you have all these projects going on, and I'll try to outline a few of them in uh, the show notes. So people know going into this episode, what, who, who you're, who you are and what you're about. Um, but I think there's probably the one that people can connect with you and really get a sense of um, sort of like your enjoyment and your depth of knowledge and your sort of commitment to the world of real estate. And I think that's the REI professors on Thursday. Would, would that be a good, would that be a good place to have people tune in? Oh yeah. 
one hundred percent. Okay. Because not only do they get Brit and I, you know, but Dan and Marina, and you know Dan. I mean, yeah, amazing with finance and uh, buying multi families and apartments. And then Marina's an expert in Airbnbs and rental arbitrage. And so between the four of us, I can't think of one part of real estate that we. All right. Haven't dabbled in or tried. Okay, so um, all right, so it's called REI. Is that right? Yes. Yep. So REI professor, real estate investors. Okay. REI, real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Okay, the REI professors, and it's on Thursday night. So it's Thursday night. 6 p.m. Central and 7 p.m. Eastern. Where do people go to find that? Like, how do they uh, get on that? Is it a Zoom uh, meeting or? Great question. Yeah, so uh, we're on Facebook and our group is the REI Professors. Um, of course, you can reach out to me or Britt. I'm Ashley Jackson. He's Britt Jackson. And then Instagram is Jackson underscore Innovate. And then email, of course, uh, we are reiprofessors at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to send anyone any information they might need or uh, any invites if they'd like to come join us. All right. Yeah, because I think that would be a great place for people. Is there a Thursday night in your memory, maybe something recent, where you could explain a little bit about what you talked about and kind of give people a taste? Absolutely. The REI professors, every Thursday, you know, we have education. And the one that stands out to me most recent, we taught owner financing, but from three different perspectives. The way that the meeting is laid out, in the beginning, we start with just greeting and welcoming everyone. I was president of Toastmasters for two years. So speaking and getting everyone involved, it's kind of my thing, right? And so after the first 10 minutes of networking, we go right into the education. I don't know why this happens, but when we start the education, the meeting gets extremely serious. And I think it's because people, you know, they want to use this to change their lives. You know, they're really depending on this information to leave legacies for their families. So it goes from fun and we're all drinking to extremely serious and listening. And then after that, it tends to get a little lighten up again. So when we were teaching owner financing, uh, it was amazing because people teach it all the time. But I think this was the first time we'd seen it taught from so many different perspectives. So Marina taught it from the perspective of purchasing homes. She likes to purchase homes using owner financing. And Dan uses owner financing to purchase apartment buildings. And then I use owner financing when I sell my home so that I can become the bank. Um, And so it was really cool to show people three different ways to get involved. And then after, at the very end, we open up a Q&A and we, I mean, seriously, we let people ask us anything. We don't put a time limit on it um, because we know that that specific day on the people who can't necessarily afford our consulting fees, you know, they can't afford our trainings. And we want to always make sure that we're giving back. So Thursdays are fun. I'm drinking the whole time. <laughs> Dan's drinking tea because he's like our holistic guy. Um, but it's a lot of fun, lots of jokes, but a lot of excellent information. And we try to make it so that when anyone leaves our uh, group that Thursday, they literally should have enough information to get started or at least have enough background information to ask the right questions next week. The night that I dropped in, it was really interesting. It was fun, you know. I, I learned a little bit about uh, real estate, and it was an interesting experience. So I've been on Zoom. Zoom calls and I've been on networking events, but I, I really enjoyed it. And it was very educational. Between the four of you, you certainly know enough. Yes, yes. Oh, God, yes. I mean, we have people even ask us questions about business. How do I build my business? What financial structure should I use? What tax structure should I try? I mean, we, we tell all. We're, we're all serial investors. We, we're all serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, so although we love the real estate part, there's no real estate that exists if we don't have the business part right. Uh, so we also get a lot of questions about business and business operations and financing and things like that. Yeah, great. I guess I would invite everybody to try that Thursday night. And uh, although you didn't mention the word happy hour or the words happy hour, uh, <laughs> I noticed that there were a few cocktails visible. So, and you'd mentioned... Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. What are you drinking now? Are you a red wine lady or? Uh, what oh, is- man. You know, when I'm feeling fancy, I'll pull out some Blanton's. You know, we try to save that for our special occasions. But other than that, I'm definitely a champagne girl. Oh. And uh, with the beer guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll take five of Blanton's or beer. Uh, we're gonna have some fun. But, uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna share some really good information. I learned so much on Thursdays, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm doing this every day. You learn so much. You, I can literally walk away from Thursday feeling motivated to go into Friday and say, hey, I'm gonna apply this today because it was so fresh in my mind and it made so much sense, and I was able to grasp it. It just Thursdays off. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a Guinness. In my office, and um, I did uh, I did find it really educational and fun and interesting. Like I said, and you know what, something that you mentioned is so important. A lot of people learn things and they read books and they go pay for seminars and they go they consume all the free you know lead generators on uh, social media. Then they sort of like never really do anything. So if you can learn something yeah. and apply it immediately, that's gold right there. Even just one item, yeah. right? Just one nugget is what I call them just like gold nuggets you get one nugget beyond that too is access right you know me and Britt are on tv dan marina and i you know we've all had a certain amount of success so we have access to certain speakers who we can bring in that people normally wouldn't have access to and i think if you read any book about any millionaire billionaire investor access is the name of the game having access to the right people in the right places and that's i think unique that we're able to give others we share our access so every Thursday, it's not us teaching, right? We get the people who are smarter than us, the people who mentored us, and they come back and they're the ones teaching on the Thursday. So the information is great, but I think the access is what's greater. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, good uh, good information, good access, and you're providing opportunities for people. You know, that kind of goes along with what you were saying before, too. Like, you didn't say it this way, but um, it's often said that when you, when you reach a certain level or when you're progressing or growing or achieving, that you reach back, right? You reach back. And that many people, like yourselves, uh, who were in communities that were, you know, disaffected, affected and struggling. They need that. So people from those communities reach back and help. All right. So listen, I have enjoyed this so far and we are not done. We are not done. Uh, It's time for the questions. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, we're daring uh, Ashley and Britt to answer these questions truthfully and transparently. They're going to look within themselves for the real answers for you, our listeners. All right, and to kick off the question segment, I have Brenna. Hello. Well, that's a, a lovely dramatic intro to these questions. These are uh, a, uh, some more light, light, lighter questions today. Uh, question number one, what is your favorite food and who prepares it the best? Want me to say something? Okay, my favorite food is any kind of seafood boil, and hands down, my husband makes it the absolute best. Aww. Yes. <laughs> seafood boil. What about Brett? Ooh, this is a good one because my wife makes a chicken and dumpling like none other. And I say that because she can make a huge pot of it, and literally that same night it's almost gone. And the kids and I are like, no, you already had a bowl, Dad. <laughs> right. So it never, it, it's never made it really to the next day. Like even when where I was teaching in the classroom, I'm wanting to take it for lunch. She's like, "Oh, here's your lunch." I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of light, you know. Like, you know, can I have another one?" 
And she's like, oh, that's it, babe. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I would say definitely her chicken and dumplings are amazing. <laughs> oh, there's four of you now. How, how, how many do you cook? Like how many servings do you make of chicken and dumplings? Oh, my God. It's ridiculous to us. Well, mind you, we have two boys. And yeah. our daughter, she kind of eats like one. <laughs> I, I have to cook a lot. How old, how, old is the, how old is the youngest one? Two. Okay. She's two years old. So the youngest. We just had one turn five yesterday. And eight year old. No, the two year old is not eating the full capacity yet, I'm sure. So you're gonna have to up your you're gonna have to get a bigger pot. It's gonna be a bigger pot, right. Thank you. Bigger stuff. Great suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> um so you guys spend a lot of time together, both at work and at home. What is an activity that you would love to share with the other that you have not shared before? Ooh, you know what? I think for me, uh-huh. it would be talking about each other's strengths and what we would want to get better at because we're a team. And I noticed that there's some areas that I would love to be a little stronger in, but I'm not. And I just have to admit it, being honest. And then Ashley was like, oh, I can help you with that. And she's like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, well, how did you get it? So what did I miss? But we talk about each other's strengths a lot. Uh, and then some of the things we get better at. And it makes us like full, like well-rounded, um, and just knowing each other's strengths and, 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 and where we can both improve. Um, I mean, we're able to help each other grow, and just having those conversations. Like we're right, right, right now we're traveling, so some of the things we're talking about is, hey, you know, this is something I need to work on. I need a little help with this. Like, oh, okay. Well, here's what you need to do. I'm like, oh, I'm listening, you know. And then I go back and apply it to realize that works. Not the Oscar talk, for sure you're going to say RV. <laughs> wow, you know, that's a that's an amazing answer. Like For this question, I just expected somebody to say fishing. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I think for me, it's sports. Like, we were both college athletes. You know, he played, he played college football. I ran uh, Division One track in college. But we've never had a chance to, like, be on a competitive team together. So I would love to do like a co-ed softball or like co-ed kickball or something like that. And, oh, yeah. You know, kind of beat everybody, especially now that we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, be a senior, can I, can senior I be team. Can I about something? What's... We take challenges so serious. I mean, we, we have this thing sometimes when we have couples game night and we we play different activities, whether well, it's cornhole, uh, whether we're playing, uh, what was that? Uh, dating games. Dating games, right. And we do not like to lose. And so Ashley's like, you know, it gets to that point where we're kind of like falling behind. She's like, come on, babe, you got it. You know, we're motivating each other. And they're looking at us like, guys, we're just playing a game. But for us, it's like more than that. It's like the whole night, everything. So those times are really special to us. (laughs) Your friends are going to stop inviting you, (laughs) especially if you keep winning. (laughs) You got to throw a couple of them. Oh, love that. Um, all right, my final question is, who do people tell you that you look like? Okay, you, okay. can I do you or you do me? Yeah, do that. Okay, you go. Uh, okay. Uh, I hear he looks like James Harden a lot. We get that almost constantly, especially because home base is Houston, and he was in Houston for so long, so we get James Harden a lot for Brit. And then back in the day, like maybe 15 years ago, people used to say Kanye West a lot. I just to be here. And it's like, I look, I really, like, yeah, I mean, you look just like Kanye. You related? Well, <laughs> oh, my you know, gosh. I don't hear Gabrielle Union a lot. Uh, Dwayne Wade's wife, I get Gabrielle Union a lot, and I get Olivia Pope from Scandal a lot. 
Oh. I know that one. <laughs> I only know a couple of the ones that were mentioned. <laughs> I'll have to look up the rest. All right. So uh, my follow-up question to this is always, have, have you signed autographs as those people? Huh? No. Pretty soon, you know, you're going to be out on the red carpet now because of uh, because of the TV show that you may or may not have filmed, and um, people are going to yell the wrong name, and you're going to have to smile and wave. Oh, most definitely. No, they're going to they're going to they're going to say the wrong name for them. They're going to be call they're going to be calling her Ashley. Oh yeah. Oh they're, my God. Could you? Would you? You know what? They're going to be calling Kanye yeah. Britt. Oh, <laughs> oh my god from your list to god's ears god, <laughs> all right thank you for doing that it really it's fun uh to ha- to get to know people a little better that way our listeners can get a better feel for you and you know what it's uh, important because uh, we're all re- just regular people right we take the skills and the abilities that we have our transferable skills and we and we funnel them into a new activity or a new goal right and we learn new things as we go and so one of the one of the ways that I help people is through coaching and if you're okay with it I would like to ask you a coaching question to finish this off all right so this one, you may have to think a little bit. And I don't know, when Britt's thinking, you may have to grab the wheel. I'm not sure. So uh, so here's your question. What could you change about you that would make all the difference and allow you to feel even more fulfilled? Actually, Britt kind of answered this question already, I think. What could you change about you that would make all the difference and allow you to feel even more fulfilled? You know, I think one thing I would change, uh, I, would, I would change the way that I approach business. We're kind of in the middle of that now. Um, but I've, I've learned the hard way that, you know, to run a business well, you need to take yourself out of it and insert the people who know it better than you do. Um, so if there's one thing I can change about me, I would definitely speed that process up. Um, I think sometimes we all have a hard time letting go of our babies, our businesses, and it's not what's best for the baby to stay home with mom once they reach a certain, reach a certain age. And I mean that in a sense uh, to compare that to business. Yeah, that's really amazing. You know, as entrepreneurs, as creative people, we are our greatest asset and our worst enemy at the same time. The warning signs are out there of the entrepreneurs who have built something and then destroyed it, at, you know, at some point, just because they didn't they didn't let go and they didn't bring in the right people to run it. You know, if you're a creative, uh, visionary person, you may not be the best day-to-day manager, for example. And uh, I think that's amazing that you recognize that. Is there one particular area that you would want to bring somebody in? Like if you were if you were bringing in another person for your business, like what area would it be? Would it be a management person or marketing or? Well, for me, it would be a head general contractor. Like I find myself looking at projects and saying, "Hey, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and oversee this. I'm gonna make sure everything's in place." And it's it's easy, but again, like Ashley said, removing yourself and letting someone else do that, so that I can say, "Hey, you know what?" Since you have this one, I'm going to look at a, uh, another two or three jobs so that when we're done with this one, you'll be able to continue and we don't have any gaps in our schedule. So just saying, hey, let me find that person, that one person that can do that or two people that can do that for us so that we can grow versus me trying to accept all the responsibility and doing it because I know how to and I've done it for such a long time. So that would be for me. Okay. And so for me, definitely bringing on finance people. That's why I partner with Dan. I mean, the guy's a finance freaking genius, you know? Okay. And uh, I, my exit strategies for my businesses are to sell. And to, obviously, to make your business sell, it needs to be extremely profitable and you need to have the correct business model. Um, you know, you have to remember going from a school principal making $80,000 a year. Only time I saw a big chunk of money was like tax returns, right? But when you start a business and it starts doing good, what do you do when you get a tax refund every day? 
you have no idea how to manage it. You have no idea uh, how to grow it and how to keep it growing itself. So definitely hire finance people to do that for you. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so, Britt, you're you're giving the same answer that Ashley did then, right? Because you you want to make a change in your in your business in terms of uh, what you had mentioned. You getting your getting your managers on the job so you can go out and find other work and keep the schedule smooth. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Absolutely. You want to make sure you do that. To me, I think we both kind of agreed on that. We had conversations about it, but when you think about growth and, and knowing like where you want to be, these are some of the things that you have to do when you're talking about growing your business. Having the opportunity to do more when you need to uh, and not tie yourself to one particular project or you know whatever it may be for that day um, gives you that flexibility. So with that, I can't have a meeting about another large project and we can talk about things in the future and our, and our, and our partners who we want to bring to the table. But that makes a big difference. And so having the opportunity and the flexibility to do that is golden. You never get to travel. You know, so many business owners get caught into this. They take jobs for themselves. Yeah. We're not doing that. When we want to up and go and just drive across the country with our three kids just because, we do it. And it's because we have the right people in the right places to manage our businesses uh, when we're away. All right. So that's great. I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. And you've definitely given us a lot to think about. Listeners out there, um, gosh, there's, there's so many important lessons today, not the least of which is not to be defined by your environment, not to be defined by your past, right? Being able to make your own decisions for yourself, get rid of those limiting beliefs and create a dream for yourself and go out and build it. Uh, you will be surprised at the resources that are available. Even today, I just uh, we talked about the REI professors. It's a Thursday night. It's free. If you're in real estate, if you're involved with that, or even just have a general business question, you can hop on that uh, Zoom call and uh, get your questions answered. So once more, I just wanted to thank you guys for doing this. Um, much appreciated. And be safe driving out there, okay? Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for sharing your awesome platform with us. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. We're going to do the outro. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.